got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Welcome back, All The Smoke. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Jack, what's up, bro? Back in Texas. Yes, this, you're stomping rounds. Mm-hmm. Not your city, but you're stomping rounds. Yep. The earth is your turf. Uh, we got a very special guest today. Um, someone I've admired from afar for a long time. Uh, entrepreneur, businessman, father, owner, uh, man of many hats. Uh, welcome to the show, Mark Cuban. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate One, it. One if not the coolest owner, the coolest owner yeah. of all time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate mm-hmm. that, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, your name has come up in several episodes. Uh, Kevin Garnett, Steve Nash, yeah. Jalen Parsons, Two Chains, Muggsy, Paul Pierce, to name a few. But there was all positive stuff. And we just kind of wanted to give you a shout out because there's not many guys like you around that are really in touch. You know, obviously, you know, whether it's hobby or, you know, a, a job when you're an owner like I feel like there's a disconnect between a lot of owners and their professional ball clubs. And I really feel like you have a pulse 
not only of your team, but of the city. Uh, where does that come from? I mean, I guess it starts just because, you know, I'm a ball is life guy, man. And, you know, I like to play. I still get out there and make an idiot of myself. But, but you're going to see me before games getting shots up, yeah. you know, enjoying the moment and enjoying owning a team. And um, I don't know. It's just once – once I got into it, and I also had some good mentors, you know, I had Dirk, I had Finn, I had Steve Nash, who came in at the same time I did and kind of guided me and, mm. you know, took me in and, and showed me, okay, you know, here's what it's like in the locker room. Here's what we need. And um, I just listened. And that's rare because, like you said, you listen to them. A lot of times when you're coming in and spending all your money, it's normally your way or the highway. Yeah. But for you to, like, say that, you know, kind of guys that are even younger than you are showing you the ropes and you're taking notes at the same time, it, it, it makes sense why the organization is what it is. It has a lot of owners or that's been around longer than them that don't have a championship. So that's the Well, I only got one, right? But, but still, <laughs> some have none. No, I know. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm ready for <laughs> exactly. more, though. Uh, current state of the Mavs, Luca's coming up on year six. It yeah. seems like it's gone by fast. Last year sure he was does. thirty-two, eight and eight. Unfortunately, you guys missed the playoffs. Um, what have you seen? What do you love about him? And what are you looking for? The 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 leap. What leap are you looking for in him? Um, in year six, well, you know what it's like. I think who was it? Um, Jokic said, you know, first you got to be bad, then you got to get good. Then you got to get humbled. Then you get good again, right? And I, I think that's what's happened to us before. Um, like when we got beat in 2006-7 by, by Golden State, right? Humbled the shit out of us, and that put us back on a mission. It took us a few years to get there. But, you know, I think the same thing's happened with Luka. He's obviously, you know, a top three talent in the mm -hmm. NBA. And sometimes things come easy, and then you got to learn what it takes. And I think – Last year humbled all of us, and Lucas come back with a vengeance. Mm -hmm. You know, he worked hard this summer. He, you know, he when things don't go well, you get a better understanding of the game. When things are going well, it's easy. Yeah. Right. You know, it's when things don't go well that you find out who you are, who your teammates are, mm -hmm. who the organization is. And I think Luca, more than any of us, really took that to heart. Um, his leadership skills have improved. His communication skills have, have improved. You know, he. He's learned from Dirk, you got to add something to your game every summer, and he's done that. So, you know, all the pieces that you need to do to be a champion, I think he's pulled those pieces together. I want to back up a little bit. When did he get on your radar? Because obviously you guys make a trade draft day for him. Uh, how did he – when did you guys start hearing about him or knowing about him? Shoot, when, when – um you know, when a kid's 13 and he goes to play in Europe against grown men, you hear about yeah, it, right? right? And then you kind of question it. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, it's Europe. You, know, you don't really know. And then um, the scouts were saying, look, there's a 16-year-old dude, 17-year-old kid that's playing against OKC, and he's fearless. Cooking. Yeah, mm -hmm. just fearless. And so then we started really paying attention. And it was interesting because, you know, our scouts liked him. Our analytics guys loved them, mm. right? The scouts said, okay, you know, they, they had eight and number one. Our, our numbers guys are like, this is the only superstar in the draft. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's where, that was really the impetus. And, you know, that trade, you know, we tried and tried and tried. And it was like 15 minutes to go before our pick. And I called the owner at Atlanta. I'm like, you're on picking, you know, Luca, and you know the guy you want. So let's just do this deal because he'll be there for you. We'll give you a pick. And, you know, instead of the general managers messing around, let's just yeah, get this done. Right. And so we got it done. Uh, you mentioned something interesting because I've always kind of been 
maybe I don't know the game or business enough from this standpoint, but how much of it is analytics and how much of it is is the eye test with scouting when you guys it's look both. at a player? Okay. It's both. And, you know, analytics folks have got their perspective and then you've got to have the eye test mm -hmm. because some guys um, – they, they'd show up, the numbers are great, right? Mm -hmm. Particularly coming out of college. And when you just watch them, you're not quick enough. They played, you know, at, you know they're, they're 26 years old, right? <laughs> right? You know, and there's just things like that. But um, with Luca, it wasn't, you know, he's not the world's greatest shooter. He's not a pure shooter, but he's a killer. Mm -hmm. and, and there's not a lot of guys that have that killer instinct that right. aren't afraid of any moment and want that moment. Yeah. And, and that's the hard part to recognize that the analytics don't tell yeah. you. Yeah. I'll take a guy that can hit a shot anywhere on the court than a pure shooter any yeah, day. Yeah, right? A one-hand three. Yo, that was <laughs> the most insane thing I've ever seen, man. The stuff like we were playing New York last year here, and we're down, and he had to miss the free throw, right, in order to give oh, us yeah, a shot. Oh, yeah, got the rebound. Got the rebound in a one motion, put it up. I mean – you can practice that a hundred times. It, it won't happen. Won't happen. It won't happen, right? Yeah, right. Incredible. This offseason, Kyrie Irving, three years, 126. Yep. Uh, what was the negotiations like with him and, and, and what is your relationship with them? Obviously, he gets a hard, you know, Yeah, he gets a rap bad rap for, yeah. you know, stuff sometimes out of control. Sometimes it's just him being him. But what has your relationship and experience been with him since he's been I love here? him. I mean, it wasn't really much of a negotiation. It was like, tell us when you're ready, <laughs> right? And, you know, you got to, you know, talk to other people, do what you got to do. Um, but we're here ready for you. And I love Kai. You know, I, I say this all the time. Kai's the dude that you become friends with in college that when you're sitting around in the dorm room, you know, or just chilling in, in, in your place, um, he's going to get into a deep conversation no matter yeah, what. Yeah. You know, the, you could all be talking sports and Kai's going to ask you, what's this, really mean? Yeah, what, what's this really mean to you? <laughs> what's in your heart? And as long as you're cool with that, which I am, um, and Jay Kidd is, and the guys are, he's easy, mm -hmm. you know, because his heart's always in the right place. Now, you might not agree with him all the time. Right. There might be takes that he has that you're like, okay, Kai. And that's and okay. I, that's okay. Like that's I told okay. him on vaccines, we would have had an issue, right? Mm -hmm. But hopefully that never comes up again, right. you know? Um, and we've talked about it. Like, look, there's going to be stuff we disagree with. And as long as we respect each other, right. that's fine, mm -hmm. you know? And I respect him, not just his talent on the court, but how he connects to people off the court mm -hmm. and how he connects to other players. You know, you see it all the time. Guys will swap jerseys, you know, they know each other. Kai comes up, it's not about the jersey swap. He like, he gives you a grandma hug, mm -hmm. right? It's like mm -hmm. the hug your grandma gives you that you know, you know, that there, there's more than just a little connection there. Mm -hmm. there. There's a deep connection there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, most people aren't used to that. Most people don't understand that. And so I like Kai a lot. I love him. I, I go to war for him a lot, you know, do a lot of stuff. And I think what I love about him most is he his, he loves people. Like, he cares about people. Yeah, for real. You know what I mean? Regardless where they at, like, just he'll walk outside and see a homeless person to go over there and sit down and talk to him. Like, he cares about people. And you don't have too many people, especially athletes of our caliber, that humble themselves to take their time to care about people. You know, they think it's all about us. It's all but, about us. But also, he does a lot of stuff, and it's not for the attention at he all. Takes care of people and donates and does all this shit. And there's not cameras. Not on him it. It's, like it's, somebody it's, reached out to me, <clears throat> and um, it was an an Indian basketball team, and they needed some money. And I'm like, and I just texted him like, "Hi, I'm putting in half. You want to cover the other half?" <laughs> in a heartbeat. <laughs> in a heartbeat. That's dope. Yeah, and didn't didn't think twice, just done. Yeah, that's, real. that's beautiful. Um, aside of outside of health, 
one thing you feel like your team needs to do to be in contention for the championship this year? I think just a little bit of time to, to figure out everybody's role. Um, last year, we struggled with roles, right? Different people wanted different things than what J-Kid had established. I think now we've got the roles. The hardest part for us is going to be rotations because we've got a lot of depth. Mm -hmm. And two, just getting D-Lively and Omax some run so they, they get a little bit more comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, because you can't be a rookie, come in and just all of a sudden be the guy, right, right. and know exactly what to do. You got to go through those ups and downs. He's showing a lot of signs, though. Oh, no, Early. boy, oh, boy. Thank you. We talked to Tyson Chandler about him before he ended up coming back, and he was saying, like, I guess, I, did he say you or someone said there's a kid over here that kind of reminds us yeah, a little for bit sure. of you, mm -hmm. and we would love for you to come back. But, yeah, he's yeah. been – he's been Jay Kidd reached out to him, yeah, because yeah. he, he's a baby Tyson. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's even got the same shit to him, right? Tyson, you know – quiet, laid back, but when he dunks on you, oh, yeah. you know he's a mean mm -hmm. dunker, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so um, D-Live has got the same thing. Omax is, is getting there. But y'all can build the identity now with Grant and the rest of the guys. Y'all yeah. have a, a, some guys that can kind of play that tough role. I yeah. think that's, that's been uh, physical, physicalness and, and a tough guy is something that y'all been missing in my opinion the well, last yeah, couple years. Well, yeah, because there's guys that won't back it up. Right, right. right. And Grant's a talker. Yes, right? <laughs> and he'll back it up. Yeah, but he won't back down from anybody, yeah. right? And so that's good, guys know it, and it sets a great tone. And it's like Luca, he's got Luca's back all the time. Stars he's got Ty's back, what you need, right? And so, you know, and D Jones is, you know, is kind of a little bit, he's not gonna be a tough guy, mm -hmm. but he's, we don't got guys that are back down guys, right? right. We've got guys that'll stand up. Yeah, yeah, they're all competitors. Mm -hmm. We've uh, recently started doing stuff in the communities. We started in Sacramento. We did stuff with the Kings. We would love at some point to come back and team up with you and do a live show for your fans and sure. your season ticket holders. Yeah, at some for sure. Point. We can we'll, do something we'll fun. We'll talk about yeah. awesome. We'd love yeah, we to. get out there in the community. Awesome. Go to a school or something yep. and do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something that I and a lot of all the teams appreciate, one reason why you are the go to a lot of us. Um, Talk about how did how did the idea of coming about of feeding the uh, yeah. opposing team? Because if y'all don't know that for the audience and the world listeners, every time you play the Dallas Mavericks, whether you win or lose, yeah. you Even win. If you win, you get to eat. <laughs> you hey, because it's a full buffet laid out in the locker room, barbecue, beans, cornbread, Everything. biscuits, you name it. Links. Links, Chicken. all that ribs. Just sitting there the at the locker barbecue room. barbecue sauce. I don't know whose barbecue sauce that is, but shout out to know. them. But it's good. And right next to it is a cooler full of any beverage you would love. <laughs> how, what, 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 how did that come about, though? Think I wanted about to that. embarrass other owners. Ooh, That's what it was. I'm like, they don't even, because I would hear from guys, you know, we don't get this. You know, we're guys we would trade for. You know, guys would tell me, I just went from the outhouse to the penthouse. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm like, okay, I just want to rub it in a little bit. <laughs> and so I'm like, we're, we're cooking for our guys. Just make a little bit more and give it to the other guys. Mm -hmm. And I used to put in like really plush towels too, but y'all would steal them all. And so it was like, <laughs> take them all home. <laughs> Yeah, no, that extra that extra effort is definitely recognized. Like Jack said, you don't see it everywhere. KG called the grandma's cooking. Yeah, <laughs> Don Nelson. Hey, Don Nelson said it's first class, then it's Cuban's class. <laughs> Did he really? It's Cuban's class. Yeah, really. Oh my god. So putting playstations, and yeah, all that type same of stuff, thing, like, right? It's just like. You know, it's like there's downtime all the time. And this is before everybody had a phone and everything. And you want guys in the gym. You want guys in the gym. You want guys comfortable coming in, right? And just during that downtime, 
It's like, okay, play some PlayStation. We had a TV in there connected to cable and everything. Now it's not as important because guys got their Boom, phones, right? right? But back then it was like, okay. And again, I wanted to embarrass every other owner. We got That's a plane, dope. right? And the funny thing is with the plane, I used to tell everybody, and I told all the guys, it's like, tell everybody we got a weight room on the plane. <laughs> like, you can't have a weight room on the plane, right? But we That's would tell every, yeah. yeah, we would tell everybody when we had a weight room on the plane and it was We would have believed it yeah. around the time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure, it. for sure. And we're still that. like one of the only teams. I think it's awesome. Maybe one other team has got their own plane yeah. and it's designed for seven footers, right? Mm -hmm. So you can come in, you're comfortable, play cards, all the whole nine mm -hmm. yards. Mm -hmm. That's dope. Uh, talk to us about the process of the purchase of purchasing the maps. Um, oh my God. So I sold broadcast.com and I was a season ticket holder, right? And it was the 99, 2000 season. I can't believe it's been that long. Um, and I was there with my girlfriend, then wife, and it was opening night. And I'm like- It was lockout? No, it was, no, that was 98, 99. So the next season oh, after season. lockout. Okay, yeah, yeah, next full yeah, season. Yeah. And I'm like, it's opening night, it's not a sellout. There's no energy in the building. I'm like, we're undefeated, right? I'm like, we got Nash, we got Dirk, we got Finn, we got Sean Bradley. Um, and so I'm like, I can do a better job than this. I was like, ding, 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 ding. Now I can afford to do something about it because I never dreamed of opening a team. Never crossed my mind in a million years. So I'm like, okay. So I talked, Mark Aguirre was doing some stuff with the Mavs. So my season ticket rep connected me to Mark Aguirre who connected me with Ross Pro Jr. who owned the team then. And two months later, three months later, I owned the team, January of 2000. <laughs> That's fast. Yeah, it was really fast. Like, and actually I could, I probably could have gotten the team for less um, got a better what, what, what did you get it at? at um, Two eighty-five. Two eighty-five. Okay. Yeah. So I, it, it's turned out okay. I was about to say it's, it's turned it's, out okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's trending north of buildings, right? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a little person. My favorite word, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's crazy, but true. The difference between the team now and when you purchased it. Oh, night. I mean, the league is so different, right? I mean, you were around back then. Mm -hmm. um, just the you know, the league goes through periods of time where the guys adapt to whatever it is that's going on from the business side, from the social side, from um, the competitive side. So back then it was transitioning from a banger world, right? Where you had the Physicality. 90s bulls mm -hmm. and you had the Pistons and you know, you still had Ben Wallace playing. And it was a, you know, you guys know, it was a bang, 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 bang business, right? Um, and, and it was physical on the floor. And with Nelly, we're kind of the run and gun team. And with Nash, we were skilled and Dirk was getting better. But, you know, we weren't, we were skilled. And the other thing that was really different back then is not everybody could shoot, right? You would always have one guy who was a defender mm -hmm. and not even run to the corner, right? And then the star could always guard that person, right? Or it might be a big that, you know, would or bang. You were Bruce Bowen, right? Bruce Bowen, you know, he got to the point where he hit a corner three, yep. right? But with the Spurs, Dirk would guard Bruce Bowen, right. Bowen, right? You know, you're there or you're playing, you got to guard you, but there was always someone you didn't have to guard. Mm -hmm. Like fast forward now, that doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Everybody can shoot. You can't you can't, can't be a player mm -hmm. that, hey, I'm a great defender, I can't do anything else. Either you gotta be vertical and block shots, or you got to be able to make a shot when the ball comes to you and be three and D, or you got to be able to create a shot. And I think a lot has changed over the last five years in particular because of social media. 
Now, like we were talking, you got a two 14 year olds, I got a 14 year old son, right? They're on Instagram or TikTok all the time watching dudes and everything that they do and trying to emulate that. Whereas when we were growing up, you know, maybe you saw a game on television, you know, and maybe you went online and, you know, looked at some stuff on there, but not like now mm -hmm. or like on your phone. And so, and now, you know, there's coaches online and everything. So everybody has training. Mm -hmm. Like there was no coaches when no. I was growing up, right? right? You played basketball and football and baseball. And played outside. And you played outside, right? You played pickup wherever mm -hmm. you lived, right? And so um, that's all changed. Now, for better or worse, kids play year round. Yeah. And they've got all kinds of training and all kinds of stuff online that they can replicate. And, you know, like now I was, I was watching some stuff this morning and I sent something to my son, you know, about oh here's a little hack for when you're playing in a game I do that stuff things. didn't exist and so yeah, no. mm -hmm. the the skill level of the nba is night and day different than 20 years ago right. and that that's really changed things a lot i feel like and this is not a knock to any of the current players because i don't personally know them, but i feel like the skill level is higher than ever been but i feel like the iq is lacking a little bit because it's mm -hmm. so much one-on-one -on -one training and by myself and dribbling and it, yeah you, you see guys off the ball don't know how to play off the ball don't know how to cut don't know how to screen and play out for the sure they're just waiting for the ball yeah right they need the ball and that's a lot yeah. of what we have to work on um you know I, I don't know that the IQ is because we try to focus the style, on style, maybe. Yeah, the style is different, okay. right? Because everybody's got to be able to hopefully create and definitely shoot. Mm -hmm. And if everybody can definitely shoot, what do they want to do? Right. They want to shoot, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's where the game has changed a lot. Um, last five years, we've had international MVPs. Yeah. Um, and obviously, that looks to the growth of the game uh, worldwide. Thoughts on just kind of the global expansion of David the Stern, David Stern, David Stern. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I used to question it because, like, back when I, I first got in the league, he was like, China, China, China. I'm like, there's no money in China. There's no money in China, right? I've like, still got to be there and we'll be around the world, make this a global sport. And I'm like, David, we make. We don't have enough to, we don't make enough to pay a minimum player, like not even half a minimum. He was right, I was wrong, right? He's going like, you just wait. And so China grew, now Africa's growing, um, Europe obviously continues to grow, India, they're building. India, yeah. It's a global sport where like, we're the first or second ranked sport in these countries where you just would not imagine basketball right. is being played. Mm -hmm. And that's to the credit of David Stern, and it's not gonna stop. Now mm -hmm. the train has left the station, mm -hmm. the Olympics, now you're seeing teams that, you know, are really high quality. It's not like the USA has got all the best players anymore. No, right? um, and, and it's going to change. Thoughts on the uh, upcoming TV deal? That's a great question, man. Um, I think this next one will be good. I don't think it'll be as long as the last one. I don't think it'll be 10 years. I think it could be shorter. I don't, I don't know. They don't tell me. Um, but I'm worried about the next one after that. Mm. Because if we don't get into the streamers, right, it makes sense for the streamers like Amazon and ESPN, Disney to want to work with us long term because we help reduce churn. But that's not a sure thing. That's not a sure thing at all. Because I think what people forget, you know, we said, oh, OK, the team's worth billions. Teams are worth billions. People are playing billions. People forget, like, when you guys were in, the cap was like flat. Yeah. Right. Solid. It was just like 40 million to 50 million mm -hmm. from 2000 when I bought the team. And there were years where it was down. You know, I remember when we got Jay Kidd sitting there saying, Deuce, the, the cap went down, right? I got less money to spend now. Um, and then in 2010, remember, um, New Orleans 
no one would buy it. Mm-hmm. The league had to take it over. And so I'm not saying it's going to be like that. But the point is, it's not automatic that everything always gets better. Right. Right. You know, interest rates are way up. The stock market isn't blowing up. Right. When interest rates are up, that hurts the value. That makes it harder to invest in broadcasting and everything. And then you add to that that old school television is dying. Right. And streaming's taking over. So old school television, linear TV, cable, satellite needs us right now because they, we pull better ratings. Mm-hmm. Right. Because what's really changed is like and I, we see it with Shark Tank and, and other things that I do. Like it used to be you knew that what shows were coming on ABC, CBS and NBC. Right. There was the big, you know, this big show, that big show. Now all the big shows go into streaming yeah. except for Shark Tank. All the big shows go <laughs> Friday night on ABC. All, all the big shows go to streaming, right? And so, and they're not going to linear television. So it's all sports on linear television. That's good in the short term, but long it's term. not sustainable in the long term. So yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see. I think this deal from, you know, from, again, they don't get, tell me shit, but this deal um, will be good. But the next one is the one I'm worried about. Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code ATS. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like will they score more or less than 30 points? Or have more or less than 8 assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code ATS. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code ATS. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. 
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Uh, in-season tournament. Thoughts? You know, my first thought was, why, right? And then my second thought was, why not? Oh, okay. I, okay. Right. Why not, right? What, what's the downside, right? You know. I was like, I agree with your first one. I'm like, what, what's the point, right? Yeah. But if it gets somebody excited and you're going to have a championship game in Vegas and you can bring people in, bring sponsors in and bring mm-hmm. advertisers in and all that kind of stuff. And I'll, it gives you something other than the all-star game to pimp out. So I'm like, okay, let's just see what happens and works in soccer. So it's worth trying. There's no downside. Yeah. I like that. A lot of people didn't like the play and I like the playing because I just thought it brought more excitement yeah, for earlier, sure. faster. For sure. So that's, a, so that's the idea that comes from soccer? That's the idea? Yeah, because yeah, they, they do it in soccer all the time. Okay, all so right. like even the MLS and around Europe, they have cups during the year and all that. And even um, European basketball has got it. Remember, there's like the Euro Cup and there's the Euro League yeah. and they have oh, different okay. tournaments. You've got, you know, a league that's just Spain, a league, you know, so they do that stuff all the time. Uh, for someone who's very in touch with just fans, players, community, how do you feel like the fan experience will change in the next 10 to 20 years when it comes to basketball? That's a great question, too. Um, you guys are ripping these out, man. <laughs> um, you know, Shout um, out our guys. Good job, producers. Um, so there's a bunch of different levels there. One, we talked about television, right? Like, you know, we grew up, you love the teams that your parents loved. Yeah. Right. Wherever, what city you were in, you know, Close I grew up in Pittsburgh. It was Steelers, Penguins, Pirates, right? There wasn't an NBA team. Come down here, it's Cowboys, Rangers. Let's go Rangers. We're close this shit out. One game. One game. Um, you know, the Stars, the Mavs. And so you just automatically love those teams. But now my son is mm-hmm. like, you know, and it's about the player. All about the player. More than the team, mm-hmm. right? And so now we have to realize that teenagers – are getting all their MBA from from social media. And that's when I when I'm, you know, talking the board and governors meetings, I'm like, that's where we gotta go get the money mm-hmm. because TikTok and yes. YouTube and Instagram, they're killing it off of us. Like on old school, like I was talking to somebody like, well, why does the NFL kill you on television? Because television viewers are older. Right. The average age, you know, is 65, 70, mm-hmm. 75 now. And that those people are not on social media, whereas we dominate the NBA. The NBA dominates the NFL more on social media yep. than the NFL dominates us on television, mm-hmm. right? And so that means we've got to stay closer to kids on on social mm-hmm. to really keep them connected to us, and that's a lot more work. Um, 
And it changes all the time because our 14 year olds are different than the 14 year olds of 10 years ago. And it's mm-hmm. going to be different than the 14 year olds mm-hmm. of 10 years from now. Yeah. And so that's going to change how we connect the fans and then getting them into the arena. That I don't think is going to change as much. Like there's more digital, the screens are bigger, right? People are gambling, that changes a bunch. Um, but when you come to a game, I was, I was just having this conversation with our people last week. It's got to be more like a wedding, mm-hmm. right? Where when you walk in, everybody's got to be hype about what's going on, right? There's there's a unique energy. Um, when you walk into a game, what makes it different than watching the game is the energy you feel when Absolutely. you walk in. You guys feel it, mm-hmm. right? When the crowd's there, mm-hmm. you know the difference between a joint where the crowd is rocking yep. and the music getting them going. And so I don't think that changes because that's what makes going to a game special. Yep. When that ball is in the air at the end of the game and you're screaming and yelling or everything stops because you're waiting, like that Luca shot, right? Everything <laughs> stops. And then the whole place erupts, yeah. you know? And if that's a game winner, you're hugging people you've never seen before. Right. Yeah. That, you know, you don't ever want that to change. Yeah. That's what makes sports special. Yeah. But everything else is going to change. Mm. Yeah, it has to. We crossed paths a few times, 2003. Yeah. Uh, in San Antonio, 07 with the Warriors. Uh, even in 04, I just told them I came here with the Hawks. Yeah. I had 36 in the first half. I remember. We got an ass whipped, though. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we got ass whipped, though. But uh, 2003, um, you remember those uh, finals of San Antonio when Dirk was out? Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. It killed me. Yeah. Tell me. I we, we was talking about it. You think the series different? Dirk doesn't get hurt? Yeah, because if you th- I even say that. And I yeah, was on for the sure, team. For sure, for sure, right? Because remember, we were up. Nick Van Essel went. Off. Nick was balling. Oh my God, he Tony went Parker, off. Yeah. getting a business <laughs> again. Yeah, I mean, he went off, suing so forty, and Nashi was good. Finn was good, um, and we were up against you guys. We were down three two, and we were up in the going into the fourth quarter. Yep. And um, Steve Kerr just went off. He had four straight and won the series for you guys. Won it for you guys. Now, if we had Dirk. You know, because it would have been different. It would have been different, it right? Been, yep. We probably would have been a seven game series for yep. sure. For sure. During that time, um, what is what what was your uh, assessment of Tim Duncan? Oh, he was a man, right? I mean, obviously I'm a Dirk. Because him first, and Dirk were back and forth, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, um T D was, you know, Mr. the big fundamental, right? And there was nothing flashy about him mm-hmm. and you know, he had his own way of talking shit that you know that I appreciate. <laughs> it was dry. It was, yeah, it was KG dry. was telling us about that, right? The the one or two line. Too late. Two words. Too late. <laughs> nice try. Nice try, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice try. And Dirk was talking that shit, and Dirk was saying that shit coming back, right? Yeah. And Dirk was like, "Circus, just a fucking circus." <laughs> you you'll talk to Dirk, and he'll tell you all that shit more than I can. But um, yeah, not having Dirk, but you know, just the respect that we had because of the going back and forth and finally beating y'all in 2006. Yeah. Finally, um, and probably one of the best series ever. Mm-hmm. I remember um, talking to Avery, who was our coach at the time. I'm like, it's like a fucking war. Like, there was like no rest for the weary at all. Every game was a beastly battle. Um, and who knows, in that case, if TD hadn't gotten hurt going into the overtime, yeah, that, it yeah. might have been. Because at that point, Sagana Jop dominated. TD was hurt, and Sagana Jop came in to yeah. play center um, for the overtime. It just could have been trouble. How, how, how much did you hate us in 07? <laughs> Get it out. But you know, Get I, it I, out. Let me just tell you, it, I, I'll 
also had one of the best moments as an owner, Dan, right, in Golden State. So we were playing you guys. Obviously, we were the favorites. We had a great year. But you guys had crushed us during the season. Yeah. You guys had beat us. We felt good. Yeah. Yo, you should have, right? But two things, right? Two things. That was the Tim Donahue year. No question. Right? So here's something you probably don't know. There was a game you all played against the Bulls. And you guys had Andrus Beedrins, right? Yep. And it was a game that ended up going into overtime. Beedrins is in the defensive three, right? Sitting there. Tim Donahue reaches out, pushes him out of the paint. Literally pushes him out of the paint instead of calling <laughs> D3. Now, it was a tie game. If it was D, if, and, um, if they had called that D3, right, Ben um, Gordon. Gordon goes to the line, right, 80-some percent free throw Knocks shooter, makes that three. Now you guys got a foul, and that's you guys just barely made it in. If he calls that one, the other way, game. you don't make it into the playoffs Playoff, at period. all. Period. Wow. At all, right? So that's that was number one, wow. right? <laughs> we, had, we had questions about him when he was throwing us out. He threw us out. He threw us out. He here, said, you, you. Not, here. Not us, you. And he was—he threw Here. me and BD out in the playoffs against Here. y'all, yeah. game two. Yeah, me and Nelly, he threw us all out. <laughs> yeah, remember <laughs> you I watched that guy. I walked you to the back and put a towel in front of <laughs> your face because he was—he was cussing everybody out. So I, I wasn't out the game, but I just walked because you know you can exit right, right behind our bench. I had a towel in front of Jack's face so he didn't get us in no more trouble <laughs> walking out. But wait, but so but here's the fun part. Even though we lost, and that was brutal. Um, <laughs> back in in the arena, right? Um, every time I walked in, like, so guys would be out of the court warming up before the game. I would come through the tunnel, and the minute I stepped on the court, everybody would be going, Cuban sucks, Cuban oh, yeah. sucks. I walk out, they stop. I walk back in, <laughs> Cuban sucks. In Golden Cuban, State? In Golden State. It happens in San, it happens in San Antonio, and it happened in Golden State, which yeah. I love, because I'd walk out, see yeah. if they do it again. I'd walk in, they were watching for me. And guys would look around and go, what yeah. the hell is going on? And it would happen in San Antonio, too, like, because I sit right on the bench, right behind the bench, and I'd get the Cuban sucks, right? So I'd wait until TD was at the free throw line at the end of the game, stand and up. I'd stand up, and they start going, Cuban sucks. <laughs> right. And he's looking around and going, I'm on the free throw line. What's going on? Yeah, Nelly was so ready for that. He had us so prepared. And I've never else, seen him like that. And everyone else thought he pretty much, after we won that, it was like he his champ. He said, no, he checked out. out. Shit. No, he checked out. He checked out. What is, I mean, we we would hear a little bit about it. What was the issue, if you can speak about it, between Nelly and either the organization or Nelly and you? Because there was, he was, like I said, he- It, it fell apart on the Dirk stuff, right? Okay. Because I was like, Nelly, you know, the doctors say he could play. He was like, well, I had that injury, you know, the same injury. I'm like, Nelly, it's Medicine's not- Medicine's a little different. Yeah, things have changed. Well, I'm like, okay. And that was it. Really? That's it. That's crazy. Yeah, he, he, yeah, now that we're not sitting in the locker room smoking cigarettes, drinking beers right. at halftime like y'all was doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's good. got different doctors and stuff, I, I want to back up to 06. You guys go up to nothing. Oh, like you guys are just killing me with all this. <laughs> it's, just, it's just this one area. Oh. It's just this, this one is area. area. And then the, rest is, <laughs> the rest is you and Dallas celebration. But up 02, or excuse me, 20, uh, D Wade goes on a run that we forget that. Seen okay, so talk here, to us about this. So <laughs> I, I remember standing up behind the bench. We're up two zero. We're at game three in Miami, and it's the third quarter, and we're up like fourteen. And I remember thinking to myself, we might sweep these motherfuckers, yeah. right? 
And right then, Udonis Haslam steps in front of somebody, gets a breakaway, and they start coming back. And then, this is when we had Damp, and um, there was a play, like a couple of possessions later, Shaq literally pushes Damp out of the way. Pushes, and they call it on Damp. And I'm going nuts, like what the f is going on here? Shaq even crazier hits two free throws. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm like, so oh, I celebrated yeah. too early, right? <laughs> oh shit! Oh, and then man. you know, you know, Bennett Salvador just turned D Wade. I mean, he shot more free throws in yeah. like one game than we did the whole series, mm -hmm. which was just insane. And you had T Mac and other people saying, "Okay, something's up with this." And mm -hmm. obviously, Donahue. Now, do I think it was fixed? I don't know if it was fixed. But I certainly think that all the 50-50 calls were not going to go away. Well, you have to think about it because if he was in the game, he has some type of influence because that's what he was on. So yeah. you, ha you have to think that. You have to think what that. is this is I mean, obviously, this could be a little touchy, but, you know, coming from someone who is so keen on everything that involves the game, we had a hard time believing that it could be just one person, especially when kind of what was going on wasn't. And we're not trying to point no finger to start no shit, but. To me, it was I, hard I really to think he was the only one that gambled on uh -huh. the games, right? And but the rest of the refs were human, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and so when they got pissed at me, like some of them liked me, mm -hmm. and I could tell the ones who liked me mm -hmm. because I was trying to to change things, and were like, "This shit needs to change." Mm -hmm. And there were others that just Things hated me, yeah, hated me, and would me. hold it against your team, yeah, and they would hold it. And you, you know how yeah. that works, yeah, You're yeah. human, yeah. Um, any truth, we had Paul Pierce on our show, um, and he told us he was considering, the one time he considered leaving Boston was trying to come to you guys in 07. We had traded for Paul Pierce. We were on the trade call for so, Paul Pierce. Now, it wasn't 07, because we had tried to trade. It was later in his career. I forget which year it was, maybe 09. But we, had, we were on the trade call, and it was a three-way with Boston, Atlanta, and us. And we had told Atlanta where, you know, what the deal was going to be, but we didn't tell them it was with Boston. And we get on the trade call, and Atlanta says, no, you got to throw in a first round pick. Who were some of the people uh, at the time? I forget all yeah, the other okay. pieces. All I forget, right. but it was um, Paul Pierce coming to us. Oof. It was done. Oof. It was done. And they said, you have to throw in another first. And we didn't have another first to throw mm, in. Mm, mm. Uh, around the same time, you were doing Dancing with the Stars. Yes, sir. Uh, talk to us about that. Twinkle toes. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. You go back. Google Mark Cuban dancing <laughs> with the stars. Go watch his film. I'm telling you. Run I, the, run the I, take I, back. I, I got some skills. I'll, I'll surprise you all for sure. <laughs> um, that was fun. That was the scariest thing I've ever done, by the way. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, doing a live ballroom dancing in front of 22 million people. It was like, oh, it was insane. But I know where you're going because it was the same time I was talking to the Lakers about Kobe. And there was this dude who was a PA called, his name was Elvis, right? And he kept on, because we were shooting in LA. And he said, Kobe's the beast. Kobe's, the, you know, it's all Kobe, all Kobe, all Lakers, all Lakers. And I'm hmm. like, hey, Elvis, guess what? I'm talking to the Lakers right this second, right here. And we're close to doing something for Kobe. Mm. And I literally thought we had something done. And Kobe had to go convince um, um, Dr. Buss that this was going to be a, a good deal. And Plinka, who was his agent, thought it could happen. But Kobe, you know, Mitch Kupchak talked him out of it. And so I, I thought it was done. Because I remember, too, they were talking about 
he was there was some Clipper talk too when the Clippers were going to build a facility or a, the stadium out yep. in Orange County for him yep. and everything. And he was ready to go too. Yeah. He was just ready to get out of there. All mm-hmm. this shit with him and Shaq mm-hmm. was a mess. And so um, he was ready to go, but it just didn't happen. Mm. Any uh, cool stories or you have with Kobe or? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, Kobe and I talked more after he retired. Business. Because yeah, it was all business stuff, mm-hmm. right? I would text him and like, literally, you know, there'd be times we'd be both watching a game or something and and text back and forth, but just talking business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. That was the one thing we found interesting when we talked to him, he, when we were talking to him before our, the last interview we did with him, he's just like, you know, this last 20 years, I don't want people to remember me by that. Like, watch out for this next 20 years. Right. And I would tell him, I'm like, now you're on my turf, bro. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, you were the goat then? Come on. Uh-huh. Right. A lot of tough stuff happening on that journey to 2011. To me, that was one of the greatest journeys yeah, to get there, beat a lot of good teams. Yep. Um, talk to us about that journey. You guys end up beating the big three with Braun, D-Wade, and Bosch, but that was a hell of a road It was to incredible, run. Like, we started that season like 29 and five. Nobody was beating us. Then, um, then um, what's his name? Karan got hurt. And Karan was our number two scorer. And then all of a sudden, we didn't have a score, a second score. And then Dirk gets hurt. And we go on this road trip in like January and lose six in a row and get obliterated. So as we had no Karan, even Roddy Bubois, who's a guy who was really coming on, was hurt. And so we we were struggling and we get to the playoffs and literally, you know, we were playing Portland and it was um, they were favored over us and we were the higher seed. And so we were playing playing LaMarcus and Brandon Roy and that crew. And we win the first two games here. We go up 20-something there in the third game, and Brandon Roy puts on the last show he ever put on. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude was super skilled, but, you know, it, with his knees, and just comes back and beats us single-handedly. And um, we lose – I think we lose the next game and then come back and fortunately close it out. Mm-hmm. But that – having our, our – you know, just being a, destroyed like that by Portland, um, instead of putting us down – really like had helped us figure it out and i think we wore them down won that series goes smacked us yeah swept us yeah beat the dog shit out of us that was insane because i remember sitting there going oh it's lakers this team coming off back to back yeah back to backs Mm -hmm. and everybody no one gave us a chance and so we go there um i'm playing in um on in your court and no, where where did it open up? We 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 were the higher. You guys seat. were the higher seat. Yeah, so we played here first and had to come from behind twice, right? And came from behind, and then we go there and um, what was that? That was the the Corey Brewer game, I think, where we were down like fifteen, and Corey Brewer hot. just went off. And no, no, we started there because we closed we're it in out. LA, there. you closed yeah, out? Yeah, there. we closed Biden out. Had that yeah, foul yeah, Biden had that final JJ. Yeah, so we go there. And um, we come down from behind both games. And as I'm walking out, I go to Jack Nicholson, who sits right by the visitor's bench. I'm like, you need tickets or anything in, in Dallas? Well, you just let me know. He goes, we're coming back. Don't worry about it. I'll see you back here. Then we get to game four. We win game three. We get to game four. And we can't miss. We're up like 20-something Jason at halftime. Jason Terry had like 10 threes or something. 10 threes, like nine in the first half. And I told my buddy who sits next to me, he's always sat next to me. I'm like, if you touch me. 
and wake me up out of this shit. I'm going to beat the shit out of you because this is a dream and I don't want to wake up and then bind him towards the end, right? Yeah. And then Jerry West even called me after that. And he goes, Did you he? know, that's just not, yeah. you know, Laker basketball. Right. Nah, it happens. Was, like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then, JD doesn't care. JJ's yeah. a tough dude. And then, uh, and then a young OKC and yeah, the and then Western we went, Finals, yeah, right? Yeah, that whole crew, uh -huh. kind of like the Clippers, they yeah. had this year's Clipper team yeah. back then, yeah. um, except for KD, right? right? Um, and they were they were a tough squad, but they they beat us the first game, I think, and then we won the rest. Yeah, and then, and then in that finals, what, what did Tyson say? Someone hit the shot in front of the D Wade hit the shot in front of the bench and kind of rubbed it in, and then you guys then went up fifteen. And you yeah, guys were on that run and, and, and he and, looks at us yeah. and you know yeah. does does this and this and all yeah. this shit. And turn on the light. No. And then what people don't know is like that they won the first game. And then that second game when we're in Miami, um, halftime, that's that same game. They're up whatever, 15 or whatever. And um, um, what's his name? Oh, my God. I'm spacing fucking the GM, Pat Riley. Right, Kim. Pat Riley says to me at halftime as I'm walking through, because you know you had to walk through mm -hmm, it. The middle. Middle part right there. He goes, not long enough, not strong enough, Mark. Mm. That's what he said to you. We're just wow. too quick and too too long. I'm like, what, I didn't say anything bad. It's Pat Riley, right? right. I'm not going to disrespect him. I'm like, okay. Um, and then we come back. And Damn. Then, Boom. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> it was yeah. nice. And then you know, the cool part, because Mickey Aronson is cool, dude. I like Mickey a lot. And he goes, you know, we close it out and we're getting the trophy down in Miami. And I see Mickey shakes my hand. He goes, oh, the irony, right? Because mm -hmm. we were supposed to be supposed mm -hmm. to beat him in 2006 then, and then yeah. they were supposed to kill us in mm -hmm. 2011. Crazy how that works. Um, obviously, a ton of accomplishments in the business world. Where does that 11 championship rank for you? Oh, I've got Larry O'Brien in my office staring That's me it. in the face every single day, right? right? Um, you know, the good news is it was amazing. The bad news is it's been 12 fucking years, right? <laughs> you know, and so, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I went out with the hottest girl in high school, right? That don't yeah. do any good right. anymore, right? right. <laughs> and so, um, so now it's frustrating, but I think we're on a good path here. Mm -hmm. Did, got a good I don't point. know if you remember this, but 2014, Rick Carlisle was your coach. Mm -hmm. And um, he was doing TV in the summertime. He came down to San Antonio. He was like, I'm going to go back to Mark because I want you to come to Dallas. Did yeah. You, do you remember that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, for okay. sure. So, so it was yeah, a, there was a couple times Because you had Dan Fagan, rest in peace, Dan, rest right? Rest in peace, Dan. Yeah, and Dan always, always like, what about Jack? What about Jack? <laughs> Dan what was about always you? working. Always working. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace, Dan. And man. Dan and Rick were close, too. And yeah. so. That's so, how, but actually, that's how I got paid in Indiana through Dan and Rick. Yeah. yeah. So, since we're talking about what could have, would have been, uh, DeAndre Jordan situation. <laughs> and then you end up getting them a couple of years later, but that was a fiasco because I remember talking to you on the phone about it, and and they put the the full court press on them. They went out to uh, the Clipper, or the Clipper core went out to uh, to, see him, yeah. to, to see him and didn't let him out until he changed, but. DJ told me he was coming to you. No, DJ told me he was coming. He right. told Danny was coming, his right. agent, right? right. Um, and I remember we just sat in, um, <laughs> it was a hotel in Houston. We were in the lobby and there was a dude named Steve who was DeAndre's money guy who was like, I thought this thing was done. Mm -hmm. And um, the weird part was the dude who was bringing us coffee and everything, you know, um, Belitza that played in the league, mm -hmm. it was his brother. <laughs> it was just like, just weird shit. But we couldn't get a hold of DJ. He just went radio silent and then, you know, the rest is history. And, you know, 
DJ made the choice he made. That's up to him. Now mm -hmm. he's got a ring, and so mm -hmm. he can talk shit and do whatever he wants. That was an interesting time. Uh, one of your any, any anything that we may have slipped our mind. Your best, funniest viral moment courtside uh, when it comes to refs. Would well, you or, remember how we met? Uh, was it the thing in Sacramento? Yeah, the, the celebrity the, basketball the game. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Andrea, yeah. yeah. So we played. And we yep. went out and partied that night too. Had a good time. Yeah, yep. good time. Yeah, so but we, anything with refs or April oh, Fool's so thing? Oh, there's so many. Oh, yeah, like, the April Fool's thing. That, yeah. That's still historic, right? Yeah. So um, our guy, um, our marketing guy, Matt Fitzgerald, um, said, Mark, we want to do this April Fool's joke. And we want you, we've already checked it with the refs, and they're cool with it. We're going to bring in a fake ref, and you're going to get into a fight with them. <laughs> Shit. And so we told everybody. We told, you know, um, we told the team. We told Nelly. We even told Del Harris. And um, I'm like, okay, cool. This is going to be hysterical because this is when I'm yelling and screaming and everybody thinks it could be real. And so um, the timeout happens. We're playing New Orleans. The timeout happens and the, I see the fake ref come out and he walks over, start talking, start talking, start talking. Then he gets real animated. Then I push him and I can just hear 20,000 people going nuts, right? Because they, they didn't realize right. it was a fake ref. Right, right, right. And then we started wrestling and everything. And Del <laughs> Harris is, go, is like, in shock is like you forgot the memo right, right? and so then evan eschmeyer can like separates us and we starts you know cracking up and that it was, was funny. happy april fools you heard the name. i love it evan eschmeyer evan eschmeyer uh one something we found really interesting um you know obviously because i lost my mom to cancer uh oh, when you went into the luxury tax with Muggsy Bogues and uh, gave him a three-year situation when his mom was going through that just kind of speaks to who you are as a man, always big and bigger than basketball. But can you speak to that? I don't remember the whole story, honestly. Okay. I, it was like my first year. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we traded for Muggsy. Uh -huh. And he was like, I can't report. And, and you know, and his contract wasn't fully guaranteed, and I just guaranteed it. Mm, yeah. That's big. So. You are someone who really likes to get former players back involved in, yeah. in, in your organization, to name a few, said Mike Finley. Uh, Sean Marion, Rolando, uh, Rolando Blackman. Um, what's your philosophy behind that? So that's another interesting story. Like when I first got into the league, um, there were like, yeah, you were in the 90s, right? You played, yep. yeah. So you knew there were like three or four coaches, right? And there were no development coaches whatsoever, none. And I get to the Mavs, I'm like, this is insane, right? We spend more training people on software than we do supporting mm -hmm. development of players. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I go to Nelly, I'm like, every former Mav, get 15 of them. Because you know, former players always wanna get back into yeah, the game, right. right? I'm like, we're not really gonna pay them, we'll pay them like 25 grand, mm -hmm. but they can come travel with us, be on the court before That's a game. Cool. You know, Moreland Wiley, you know, was our first true head of development and stuff. And the rest of owners hated it. Right, because players loved it, right? They always had somebody to rebound, somebody yeah. to work with them, some develop them. Um, and then all of a sudden, other teams realize we're winning, right? And this shit's working. Our players right. are getting better at a yeah. whole lot faster pace than, than their players. And so um, that kind of started it and that changed the whole league. Like I still have, um, guys come up to me that are head of player development at other teams and like thank me 20 some That's years cool. later mm -hmm. because there were no player development and then we took it even one step further where we got a bunch of interns that are just on the court all the time right so instead of having the development coaches come back in you know they'll work with the players but have somebody interns that can like 
run plays and just you know run through things just to help them understand the game mm -hmm. you know and then beyond that you know the guys who really contributed whatever they want right so when tricks wants to do something mm -hmm. yes tc wants to come back and work Tyson, yes dirk obviously the goat whatever mm -hmm. he wants for sure and so all that stuff we're just down with whatever you know I you got to support i love it brief stint when you first got the team dennis rodman yeah, 10 days. Uh, what, was that, what was that like? And did he really stay with you or is that just urban legend? No, it's true. Um, he had lost his driver's license. And so I have, a, um, I have a guest house behind my house. I'm like, just stay there. I can take you there and just, <laughs> and, and it was funny. I loved you, Rod, right? He would just, and he would come up to my house and um, he would just sit there watching cartoons all day, for real, you know, or he'd sneak Carmen Electra through the back door um, back to the guest house. But he was a cool dude, right? But, you know, we had a team vote because we couldn't rebound at all. And we're like, well, he's a rebounder and he needs a job. And the guys, Nelly had the guys vote on it. They said yes. And I'll never, we were playing sack one game and he was supposed to guard Chris Weber. And Nelly's like, guard Chris, Chris Weber. And instead of guarding him, he just pointed at C Webb and C Webb, boom, hits the jumper. Bet you can't hit that again. Boom. And the other guys are like, what the, what fuck, the fuck is right? going on? Yeah, that was the end of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was the end of it. <laughs> didn't want to go. I love, let either. me just tell you, I learned more from Dennis Rodman about PR marketing oh, than I learned in any MBA class, anything I've ever done. The man was a master of marketing. Interesting. Like, he knew, like, we'd go place. He was still super hot then. We'd go someplace, and there'd just be masses of people that were just excited to, to see, see him. him. And, you know, he, he'd be like, okay, you just got to keep on refreshing and coming up with new stuff and letting people know you're going to be there. And so him and Paris Hilton are my two, like, marketing and PR gurus. But DR, D-Rod was like a machine. He knew exactly what he was doing. Mm, interesting. Uh, 2020, you posted a photo on Instagram of Del Delante West. Um, yeah. Can you share your... Uh, connection with him and, 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 yeah, and I your mean, efforts to try to help. He played for us with, for a year and we knew he was bipolar. Um, and it was during the pandemic that someone sent me a video of him panhandling um, at a corner in North Dallas. And I figured out where it was. And so I went and got him. I mean, this is, I mean, I would have done the same thing for any player. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just, it was Delonte or we had a special relationship. And it was like, Q was, I was just, and so I put him in my car and um, got him a hotel, got his mom's number and told her what's going on and said, okay, let's just get you some help. And so we took him down to rebound that, that Jason runs and um, we thought, okay, he was on the path. Jason saying, this stuff's working. He's in Florida, right? He's doing all the stuff he's supposed to do. He's doing these, you know, events and stuff, you know, um, that are supposed to help him rehab. And then he just took off. Mm. And then we're like, okay, it's not you know, unusual for somebody to have a relapse, whatever. It's, it's a hard process. Let's go get him again. And so Jason Williams goes out and finds him. We get him again. And I set him up again. White chocolate, Jason Williams? Nah. Um, no, 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 no. Jersey, Jersey Jason Williams. Jersey okay. Jason Williams, yeah, gotcha, yeah gotcha. he went through his own shit, right? Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Um, and so um, we set him up again, put him in rebound in Florida, takes his stuff, throws it over the fence. Gone. Done. Mm. 
His mom would be like, one more time. One. I'm like, I can't. No, nah, yeah. you can't. You can't. It's yeah. tough, man. We were, we were here for the big three, and that was my first time seeing it. I seen him. That's when we are. That's when. That's when it actually hit the internet. We were for Big Three, and we saw. Yeah, him I remember leaving the Big Three, and that's when I was like, God, he has it. And what, what, what? I respected you so much for doing it, but what killed me was how many people that you play, that, how many teammates that you play with that don't have the the heart to reach out to you. No, they do though. They do. Like I heard from a bunch of his teammates, yeah. right? From St. Joe to you know guys in the league. He don't want the help. He just. You know, it wasn't, he's, it wasn't registering. It, it's just he has a, a sickness, right? He's bipolar, mm -hmm. and you know, I think he wants it. You know, and I think part of it is just you know he's getting still gets pressure from his family. Yeah, you yeah. know, to mm. I mean, mm. I was hearing from his family. He's thirty nine years old. You know, all the shit he's gone through. Oh, he can still play. No, he needs to save his life. But uh, he couldn't. He couldn't make. And that's it, what he I was saying with the big three. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. With just that. yeah, it's tough. Right. It's, mm -hmm. And so. And then he no showed the big three. Yeah, no show. You guys, you guys were ready. To, he he could have gotten paid, right? They got drafted. You guys, you guys were ready just to help him. We the, somebody was going to draft him just to give him a job. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, he didn't show there. It was just like all lots of guys wanted to help him. He yeah. just couldn't help himself. If you're out there, man, we're sending love to you, bro. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. 
Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Since we're on it, what's your take on Big Three? I mean, I like it, but it's a tough business. Yep. You know, um, like if you go back and look like during the lockout in the 90s when Patrick Ewan and everybody tried to put on a traveling show, right? It was impossible for them to sell tickets. Right. It's hard to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. It's hard to sell to anything. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I've known Jeff Kwanowitz for 20 some years. Mm-hmm. Super smart guy, Cube super smart, both sharp business guys. Um, and I, you know, it's it's just going to be hard because there's no there's no anchor for it. Right. Right. You guys going out there and watch you play, like I've gone to the games, mm-hmm. right? And it's fun, right? And I like to see the guys and everything. And you get good crowds, but it's hard to get the revenue from those tickets. Consistency too. What's that? Consistent crowds. It's hard to get consistent Right, because sometimes it's like, oh shit, you know, people are, like we helped, we tried to, like when you guys came here, we tried to do all we yeah, could. Yeah, did everything. Yeah, everything. We, we showed up, Rick was there, you know, yep. I was there. Um, yep. You know, we we always try to help, um, but it's just, it's just a tough business and, you know, if you look at like the TBT, the the basketball yeah. tournament was winner take all, mm-hmm. right? I talked to those guys too, and they're about break even, right? Because people have to pay to enter, right? And they have the games where they know they're going to get the biggest crowds, right? And so, is there something where it could be a winner take all type thing? And it's just because you guys want to get paid because it's a physical toll there, and right. it's, it's a catch twenty two. How do you generate enough revenue? To Keep get the guys paid enough mm-hmm. to go through all the mm-hmm. all the things you have to do to stay in shape and play, um, I don't have a good answer, mm-hmm. you know. And hopefully, you know, TV will help because you guys are broadcast, mm-hmm. but it's, there's just not a lot of money there. Yeah, t- and even with TBT, TBT's transferring to football. They're gonna start doing football terms. Soccer, now. yeah, I mean, soccer, yeah, soccer, soccer, yeah. Because yeah. I, I I told them they should do soccer, right? Mm-hmm. Because they make their money the same way pickleball makes their money, mm-hmm. right? By pickleball doesn't make their money by people coming to watch the pro pickleball players. They make their money because every amateur thinks they're the world's greatest pickleball player. Every soccer player that ever played in college and ever they still want to compete, and so they pay all the entry fees. And so to play in the pickleball amateur, it's like golf where they have an open, mm-hmm. right? All those people pay their money to compete, and that's the difference versus um, the big three. TBT, they all pay entry fees. TBT soccer, they all pay entry fees. Mm-hmm. You know, pickleball amateur open, they all pay entry fees. That's where the money is oh, made. Interesting, you know that, right? So like maybe they do a thing where um, you do, you have an open that gets to play the the um, big three winner or gets to play big three, and mm-hmm. you make money that way because you know how guys are, right? Everybody thinks they can compete, yeah, right. Everybody thinks they you know they would have been an they NBA player yeah. if right. only, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Only if, yeah. only if, right? Uh, cost plus drugs. Yeah, thanks um, for asking. I think that was something beautiful because I know I, so many of my people 
you know, especially where me and my little brother from in our city, a lot of people died of us growing up, not being able to afford medicine, not being able to have just, just the, the bare minimum things. So to be to, to create something where people can have get their uh, medicines at, at an affordable price, what what was the thought into that process? Just that, right? Caring um, about people. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It ain't rocket science, right? What's that? It said ain't rocket science. No, it's no, easy. You care it's about an, people. Yeah, and it's an easy business. We buy drugs, we sell drugs, right? But what I'm was, familiar with that too. Yeah, <laughs> not quite <laughs> the same way, right? Yeah, 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 but a little bit <laughs> different. Yeah. A little different. A little different. Oh my God, right? I'm not gonna go there. But anyway. you see, you guys don't know where I grew up, man. I can tell you stories. We're we'll talking about it online. Yeah, right. I can tell you stories. Um, but um, yeah, in this day and age, the people you know have to choose between their rent, yeah. their daycare, or being healthy, food, or their medications. Right? Is insane. And a big part of the reason why that shit happens is because there's these big companies that are just like, let's just squeeze wherever we can. And so what we decided is we're gonna create costplusdrugs.com and what's gonna be different than all the other ones, if you go to costplusdrugs.com, know some, you know, um, and you put in the name <laughs> of the medica medication that is prescribed by your doctor, right? Yes. Um, and you put it in there, you'll see what our cost is. You'll see that we market up 15% and you'll see what we're charging for the mail order side or where you can pick it up and do it locally, mm -hmm. right? But it's all transparent because before us, if you think about what happens, like you've had prescribed medications, you go to the doctor and you say, okay, you need to take you know, this amoxicillin, right? And the next question out of their mouth is, okay, what pharmacy do you use? Right. And then they send it to the pharmacy and you get there, you have no idea what it costs. And if you don't have insurance Ooh, where you have like a high it. deductible, yeah. it's scary as shit. Mm -hmm. You know, we've all heard stories about people being in the pharmacy and somebody in front of us can't afford their, their meds because mm -hmm. they didn't know what it was going to cost. So by only marketing up 15%, our prices are like dramatically lower. And it's cool, you know, you talk about being able to help people. I'm used to people coming up to me because of Shark Tank. I'm used to people coming up because of masks. Now people are like, wherever I'm at, right. hugging me, That's crying, awesome. right? Awesome. Because, you know, and I get stories all the time. Like um, Isaiah Thomas, we have a mutual friend from Indiana where we both went to school, right? Older Isaiah Thomas, not mm -hmm. um, number four. And, and so he called me up because we have a mutual friend who lost his insurance and this kid was in a car accident and just paralyzed. And his this drug, Droxidopa, was gonna be $10,000 every three months. And I'm like, we don't carry it, but let me check. Turns out we could carry it. We go out and get it, $61 a That's month. That's crazy, man, God. I mean, I can tell you story after story, like people who like need a matinib, which That's is like crazy. a, a chemotherapy. Oh my God, a chemotherapy drugs, like down from 2000 to $26, right? I mean, because, you know, when you walk in and you need this drug to survive, you pay whatever you gotta pay yeah. and they see you coming, right? But we've changed all that, That's changed great. it completely now. You know, they're using our website to see what the real price is. Mm -hmm. And so like, no, I'm not gonna pay that. I'll go to cost plus. And so this just changed the mm -hmm. game. So it's, it's been fun. It's, it's exciting to be part that, of that. that. That's beautiful. You know how many times as a kid growing up where we, where we grew up that our grandparents or somebody elder telling us, baby, can you grab my medicine? Can you stop yeah. and grab my medicine for you? Because they couldn't afford it. Yep. Mm -hmm. They asking somebody, one of their kids or somebody to stop and grab their medicine. I heard that too many times mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. That's dope. Um, just renewed for season 15 ah. of Shark Tank. <laughs> Shark Tank. Yeah. Um, 
Talk to us about that, the business behind it, the entertainment factor. Do you guys actually make money off some of these investments? Like, yeah, so you know, this is our 15th year. Next year's 16th year is gonna be my last year. So this is, I got oh, one okay. more year to go. Um, Breaking you know, news. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Hanging um, the shoes up. Yeah, right, it's time, right? Um, but I love it because it sends the message the American dream is alive and well. Like you guys are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. You guys know what it takes to start a business. Mm -hmm. You guys have been through it, okay, you know, invest in this, invest in this from other people. Now you start this and you run it. And I feel like in doing Shark Tank all these years, we've trained a generation of entrepreneurs, multiple generations of entrepreneurs, that if somebody can come from Iowa or Sacramento or wherever and show up on the carpet on Shark Tank and show their business and get a deal, that's gonna inspire Everybody. generations of mm -hmm. kids, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what happens, right? So now we got people coming on. Yeah, I watched you when you were 10 years, when I was 10 years old, right? 15 yeah. years ago, I'm like, fuck. Um, <laughs> you know. but, but we're helping them, right? And yeah. you know, I've invested in, I don't even know how many hundreds of companies. And on a cash basis, I'm a, down a little bit, but on a mark to market, meaning the companies are still in operation, mm -hmm. to do, I'm way up. Like I've got this company, Beatbox Beverage, that I bought a third of the company for a million dollars, and I've been diluted some, but they just did a raise at 200 million. Oh wow, Right, okay. Dude Wipes, if you've ever seen them, yeah. right? I gave them, I don't even remember, like. 250 grand for 20% of the company. They're doing $50 million a year. They'll do $100 million That's in sales. Awesome. They're killing it. Mm -hmm. So I've got all these companies that are killing it, but it's not, you know, they're not sold yet or anything. Mm -hmm. So on a mark to market basis, I'm up 10X. Mm -hmm. That's dope. Uh, you're infamous, infamous on the show for kind of sniffing out the bullshit. Yeah, for uh, sure. Is there anything you look at before they even start talking? Body language, eye contact? I just listen to them, right? Okay, that's it. You, you can just tell, you know, and body language matters because the harder they have to try to sell, the worse the deal, mm. right? Because like you guys don't have to sell this, right? Good guys know. Itself. It sells itself, right? Guys know. They know what it's about. They know what you guys are about. And either you connect or you don't, right? And when someone walks in on Shark Tank, you can tell if they're trying too hard. Mm -hmm. Or I have this rule, the longer the backstory, the worse the deal. Meaning the minute you start telling me your how hard it was for mm -hmm. you, it's hard for every motherfucking entrepreneur, right. right? I don't need to hear your backstory, tell me about your business, mm -hmm. right? Tell me why um, you're gonna be successful, tell me what's different about it, you know, how you stand out. Like you name a podcast, All the Smoke, mm -hmm. you're gonna stand out, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Everybody else tries to avoid, yeah. you guys just took it head on, yeah. right? And so that's how you're different, right? And that's what I look for. And I look for ideas where it's like, damn, why didn't I think of that? Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes I get those deals, but some, and. Uh, how would you describe your hoop game? My hoop game? Yeah, I now see you jumping. It, it was, it's, since I first seen you warm up before games, it's always been slow. So were you ever fast? No. If I, I bought the team when I was in my, four, I was 41, right? And by the time you saw me, right? Yeah, I could play. I play against NBA players all the time, mm -hmm. right? And I'm not good enough or, you know, athletic enough to like play, play. But I, I you could put me on a court anywhere, anytime and wouldn't embarrass myself. So 40 and up league right now, you'll kill? I'm 65 motherfucking 60 years enough. old. Yeah. 60 and up. 60 I would kill, I right? I think you were 60. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know. Man, yeah. I, I was Look giving good. you a compliment. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that, right? <laughs> I didn't know you were 60. Yeah, Looking 40 and up, I can stand in the corner and make shots, yeah. right? Yeah. But like you were talking about, like Yesterday, I yeah. played with my son and I couldn't walk for two days, yeah. right? You know, and but I've been getting back in shape. And so, yeah. 
Does like, he challenge you and talk shit to you like my kids do? Oh, hell yes. Like, oh, they yeah. know he, everything yeah, but he's you haven't done shit. Three times or... and that, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. so, because it, it takes me a while. He always beats me the first game, right? You gotta get warm. You gotta yeah, get you gotta warm, get right? warm, and then I take it to him. <laughs> I did not know you was in your 60s. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so now it's just a lot more painful than it used to be. <laughs> but, like, the, where, I, where I still play today, you know, it back in the day, it was like the only court where there were runs, right, that was open. And so I played against Carl Malone, Avery Johnson, mm. Derek Harper, okay. Magic Johnson, all nice. these guys. And I'm not saying like I taught them anything, right? Yeah. Not at all. Just on like, the court with them hooping. Yeah, yeah I'm just hooping, right? Yeah. I'm not embarrassing myself and I'm, right. they're passing me the ball, yeah. right? <laughs> that's, that's and I'm not right open there. for a reason. I'm not open for a reason. Now I'm open for a reason, right? Yeah, Magic, stop shooting that shit, right? Here. Here. Pass the ball. Here. That says a lot, they pass you the ball. You, what you, what is, what is it that you have against Elon Musk? I don't have anything against him, right? I think he's fucked up Twitter. Yeah. But the guy's a genius, right? He's like probably the best entrepreneur of our generation, mm. right? So he I'll give him his props. fucked up Twitter. Oh, but he, Nobody it, used it. You can't. He you even can't. said it's dropped. Yeah, for sure. You can't, right? You're just going to go get shit. So unless I'm talking about Cos Plus or putting out props for somebody, you know, my you, because you're just going to get shit about everything. It's a cesspool, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, I drive a Tesla. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to give, I mean, I'll give him his props, he, right? right? He, 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 he built some of the, you know, he's the- Twitter ain't shit, but I'm driving the Tesla. You know, you, you can have, you know, multiple, right, you know. Right, Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Are there any owners you have like a, a friendly rivalry or not even a, maybe not friendly, just kind of like a right that you really enjoy beating or going up against? Um, Not really, I'm not really, close to to the other owners um how could you be though so much different yeah, yeah i mean um like you know the, the young like i don't know maddish uh, very well i just said hi to him the guy the new guy in phoenix um you know ryan the, the ryan smith the guy in utah is cool we'll talk um bomber will talk some but it's always just nba business mm -hmm. it's not like we're just right. hanging out or, or doing Did anything I don't, i've never just gone out and hung out and you know, I got my friends, you know. I would want to win a championship for you so bad because I've seen you party with the team when y'all won. I would <laughs> Hell love, no, oh, man, I know it'll be crazy. See, that's Rocky Stemma thing or two, right? <laughs> let me show you a little something. Yeah, let me show you how it's done, uh, right? Oh, my God. That's Dirk about us going out and having fun. Definitely. Uh, who is Mark Cuban outside of business and basketball? Just dad, just a normal dude, man, a kid who grew up in Pittsburgh. Mm. You know, my best friends are still my high school friends and my college friends. Love it. I played rugby in college and those are my guys forever. You know, um, I'm not out there trying to be cool to anybody. I just, mm. I mean, I'm a lucky motherfucker, bro. Yes, you know, I, I'm just, you know, <laughs> when I die, I want to come back as me. That's dope. That's some real you shit. You know who else said that? Alan Iverson. Oh, he, he says that all the time. So I don't, when I die, I want to come back as me. Mm -hmm. I feel the same facts. way. Yeah, That's facts. Dope. That's really dope. Uh, balancing fatherhood and uh, any advice you give your kids? <laughs> yeah. Did they, did, they, did they actually did they listen to? Because I'm in, the, I'm, I'm in no, the same. I'm in the same boat. Oh my god! Yeah, you, you ate. Y'all pockets different. Oh, way different. Yes. Yeah, so I'm just talking about this. What this kid is coming with. They, I'm talking about in one ear, out the other. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter who I am. Yeah. Like, they find things, you know. Oh, everybody else kisses your ass, Dad. We're not going to, you know. It's yeah. just like, I've got a 20-year-old daughter, a 17-year-old daughter, and a 14-year-old son. The 14-year-old son is into sports, right? Mm -hmm. So, that's cool. So, it'll be like, I'll get, by the time I look at my phone, I'll have texts. Is Kyrie playing tonight? 
right? Why didn't we get James Harden, mm -hmm. right? We could have made a better deal for James Harden. He wants, I, I took him into the war room on draft night and oh, he was in no. heaven, in really? heaven, right? Because we had all these deals that we were doing and everything. And I'd go, Jake, you good with this deal? And he'd go, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know, let me think. Yeah, okay, I'm good with that deal. So the, my 14 year old, I'm close to and it's really easy. Um, my middle daughter's athlete, the real athlete, she's a rower and she's going on her first trip um, to, um, if she doesn't let me talk about it, but yeah, she's got, she's get, getting recruited and everything. And then my oldest um, is, they're all super smart, but yeah, they're, they talk, I try. Yeah, that's all you can do. Can you see a 14-year-old running the team one day? Nah. Nah. <laughs> no. 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 I, I wouldn't put it through it, right? I wouldn't yeah. put them through it. because No, well, no. No, because, you know, he's 14, and I've talked to all of them about it, and they're like, I, I don't know, but like, I'm 65, right? And 10 years, he's still only 24. Yeah. And my oldest is still only 30, and that's not, you know, you're not gonna learn it. And then, am I gonna be 85 trying to turn it? No, I don't I don't want that to be me, mm. right? So, Interesting. you know, I'll bring in somebody at some point, but Nico does a great job, Sint Marshall does a my great guy. job. You know, Nico's, yeah, my he's guy. just changed us dramatically. I love the guy, Sint Marshall changed us dramatically. And so, you know, and it goes back to like what we said about the television side of it. Like if the television doesn't kick in, cause I know media, I know digital, I know all that shit cold, right? You gotta bring in, you know, some other investors that know like real estate and development because that's where the money is gonna be coming in from potentially, mm -hmm. right? And definitely, you know, you look at Golden State, how can they afford all that? Cause they own everything, mm -hmm. right? And they do all the development around there and you see what Balmer's mm -hmm. doing. The money that they see coming in isn't from the local TV deal, mm -hmm. right? Because Bali's is falling apart. You gotta have, and I'm not a real estate guy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I want, I just want the Mavs to win. So if I have to bring in a partner who knows that shit, I'm fine with that. I just want yeah. the Mavs to win. Yeah. Uh, speak to the importance of hiring Cynthia Marshall. She's a beast. She is, she's like, she's smart, she's driven. She understands business. She knows what she doesn't know. And the things she's good at, she's great at. You know, I think what people, what I'm a big believer in for all my businesses, let me take a step back. The, what's missing in almost all businesses this day and age, what's really, really changed in business is the number one product for every business has got to be trust. Like we talked about cost plus drugs. You got to trust us. And we do that through transparency. And I think with trust, you can connect to your customers. And you to get trust, your customers want your workforce to look like them. Representation. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, if I see somebody who walks in like me, right? Or I see someone from Pittsburgh, I know whatever, the door's open for trust, mm -hmm. right? If there's nobody that looks like me or there's nobody that looks like you or you, it's like, okay, what's up, right? right? But if I see somebody that I can connect to it may not guarantee trust, but you're at least gonna be open to it. Mm -hmm. And Sint gets that. And so when you look at our workforce and you look at how she's trained, and when you look at how she's developed trust among our customers, she knows, she gets it, us, yeah. she gets it, right? Mm -hmm. And I wish I had people across all my businesses that I've invested in as smart as her. And so she's really been a godsend from that perspective because she's good at business. And that. she understands how how to build trust because I don't care what kind of company, if it's a podcast, no matter what it is, if you don't have trust, you don't have a business. Mm -hmm. Before but, before working for you and probably still is, Nico is probably 
the most has the most influence over basketball, but under the radar. Oh yeah, anybody? Oh, anybody? I'm talking about from our era to the era, you know, yeah. to now. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. he'd come in like going back to 2003 when he started at Nike, right around then, right? And I'd be like, "Who's this dude?" And everybody, like, "Oh, that's Nico." And not one person has a bad word. Not, to say. not a damn thing. But also, thing, too, right? if you got to think, you, you're doing some shit if you can go by just your just one name, your first name. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, you know you're doing something right. But <laughs> your last name. If right. It's just Nico. Right. No, I love Nico, man. He's, yeah. he's changed. He's changed. He's smart. He gets the work done and he's prepared. Yeah. He doesn't wing anything, man. He calls himself the silent assassin. Silent I love assassin. it. Yeah. I love it. Well, Mark, we appreciate your time. Before we get you out of here, we got a few quick hitters. Uh, so first thing to come to mind, let us know. Biggest risk you've ever taken? Um, Dancing with the stars. Mm. I, I'm going to flop bad, right? Because believe it or not, I'm not a big risk taker. Okay. Like I, I come in prepared. Mm-hmm. I do the work, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Bobby Knight, the old school coach of Indiana, used to have this saying um, that he'd talk about. He goes, everybody's got the will to win, but it's only those with the will to prepare that win. And that's the way I approach business. Mm-hmm. Business is the ultimate sport. You compete. You guys know, right? Mm-hmm. In basketball, 82 games, 30 teams, right? How many podcasts are there? Mm-hmm. Lots Billion. Of you compete against everybody and those competitive mm-hmm. juice takes over. So I always look at business as the ultimate sport, but you got to be prepared. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get to my question, but are, do you have it? Are you action junkie? Action junkie? No, no I'm terrified of, height, of heights, man. Okay. You can't. Right. Yeah. What's your guilty pleasure? Um, my guilty pleasure is just eating like a pig. Um, but what I like to do, I just go shoot. For oh, real. really? Yeah, I just get shots yeah. up. Yeah. Like when I'm stressed, that ball going through the net, Feels that good. takes your mind off mm, of everything. I like that. Still at yeah. your age. I love it. Uh, worst piece of advice you've ever heard? Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> one more round won't hurt. <laughs> Take that as you may. One round won't hurt. classic. Best piece of advice you've heard um, or be nice. been given. Be nice. Be nice be and... Nice. Today is the youngest you're ever going to be. Live like Ooh, it. My dad like would tell me that all the time. Nice. Yeah. Dallas Mavericks all-time starting five. Dirk, Tyson at the center, um, Rolando, Derek, and I'll go with Mark Aguirre. Rolando Ooh. Blackman, Yeah. if y'all don't know who he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> he was married to Jenny Jones, right? The, the the lady that was on TV that used to have the talk show. I think he was. Rolando? Yeah, wasn't he? I don't think. Mm. Uh, on his talk show? No, I don't. No, his wife. Oh, maybe I'm tripping. Yeah, I don't I'll, know. I'll I don't know. I don't know. Uh, most trusted person in your contact list if you need some advice on any type of business? My wife. Oh, really? Yeah, she'll tell me the truth on anything and everything. And then probably, um, no, probably Todd, you know, business, business, probably my um, partner, Todd Wagner, okay. the guy we did um, the streaming business with. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we grew up in this together and he'll always t- tell me the facts. Yeah, he won't fuck with me. Need that. Something you wish you were better at. <clears throat> Jumping. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I dunked for the first time when I was 37 years old. Oh, that's dope. 37 years oh, old, that's yeah. Dope. Mm. yeah. Childhood crush. Um, Farrah Fawcett. Ooh, Farrah Five dinner guests, dead or alive. Oh, damn. Um, Ted Turner, 
Warren Buffett, probably Elon, mm-hmm. um, Dirk, and uh, Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> nice, nice. There you go. There you go. Nice. <laughs> okay, if you could see one guest on All the Smoke, who would it be? But you have to help us get your answer on the show. Oh, who we, would be? You know, you got a hell of a Rolodex, too. Yep. Did you hear that last part? Yeah. <laughs> well, make sure you heard the last part. You guys important. had Obama on? No. No. You should have Obama. I'll tell you my quick Obama story. You have story. to help us get him on the show. I'll, I'll put in a word. Yes, I'll put thank in a word. you. I'll thank you. We appreciate so, it. We were in, I was in Nico's office with Finn and a bunch of guys, and Obama calls me, right, about a charity thing, you know, which you'd expect. No big deal, right? I'm like, hey, this is Obama. You know, they're like, cool, or everything. And so hang up, it was only like a two-minute conversation. And then I put my phone in my pocket, and you know, Obama's got a distinct voice, right? All of a sudden, I hear, hello? Hello? I butt-dialed Obama. <laughs> and that's, Nico, those guys are like, ah! Yeah, that's fire. That's fire. I love it. Obama, I hope you heard that. We need you. Yes, come Bob. on. But Mark, we again, we want to thank you obviously for your time, but also, yes. I mean, for the, all the great stuff you do across the board. It's not just no, sports with you; it's life. Like you said, you know, being nice to people. You never know who is who and how you can help people. And and I think that the stuff you do in sports and business really I helps people's that, lives. Man, we appreciate you appreciate for that. It. Well, that's a wrap. Mark Cuban, you can catch us on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. We'll see y'all next week. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning. It's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 